The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast here on a Wednesday evening, less than 24 hours away from the restart again of the NFL football regular season. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And Kelsey, we are less than 24 hours away and coming up to... At this point tomorrow, we'll be watching it live. And you know what? We're going to end it with a bang. we got Super Bowl, playoff, and award predictions today. So we've got a packed episode leading right up to the NFL season kickoff. Yeah, I can't wait. I mean, this is what we uh, what we kind of bring to a culmination, if you will. Uh, we do five weeks of this predictions, and the last week is always a playoff week, and it's always right there for the kickoff of the season. And this, you know, hey, look, we get a fun game to look forward to on Thursday as well. We get Chiefs. We get Lions. What a better way to kick it off. And so, I mean, hey, now we get to just pick which one of these teams is not going to show up in the playoffs, maybe. Absolutely. We definitely got a lot to get into. So what we're going to do for the episode is I'm going to give my AFC seeding standings, go through my AFC AFC playoff bracket. So we'll find the AFC representative. Kelsey will do the same. Then I'll do NFC. He'll do NFC. And then we get to the part that everyone's waiting to yell at us for is these Super Bowl predictions. And that's going to be the fun part. So I'm going to go ahead and tip us off. I'm going to leap right into the AFC here. We're going to go top to bottom. Number one seed, anyone who's watched and saw our very first episode, the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going to win 14 games again, even with Travis Kelsey missing a couple of weeks. They're still a juggernaut. Good luck, everybody else. Whenever Chris Jones returns, as long as he's not running a 40-yard dash, they're going to be a menace too. So Chiefs will end up with the number one seed. Number two seed, I got the Buffalo Bills. I know everyone they're the popular team for everyone to see take a step back. I think they're going to be A-OK. Dolan Kincaid, I think, is going to help make that offense a lot more it's going to be a lot more on schedule, a lot less Josh Allen turnovers. Damian Harris brought in help with the running game. And not to mention, Josh Allen's not playing with a UCL injury or an injury in his elbow, the same, a very similar to what Otani is dealing with right now. So I think Josh Allen can only go get better from here when he's not having to deal with that on top of it. Number three, we got the Cincinnati Bungles. I was reluctant to get put them any higher in part because, well, I didn't know when Joe Burrow was going to play, but it looks like he's ready to go for week one. Can't imagine he's 100% though, but we're going to stick with the Bengals at three. Four seed coming out of the AFC South, I got the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's the AFC South. Not a lot needs to be said there. They're the only team with a quarterback with any sort of moxie or provenness to him, plus arguably the best receiver in the division on top of it, and arguably the best coach, too. There's a lot going in the way of the Jaguars in that mediocre division. And then for the first wild card seed, we got our first new member to the playoffs for the AFC and the only new new team for this year for me, and that is the New York Football Jets, just missing out on the, play- the division behind the Bills. I got the Ravens as a six seed led by Lamar. And then at the seven seed, I have the Las, Ve- Los Angeles should be San Diego Superchargers. So going to go right into round one now. So round one, that's going to put the Jets versus the Jaguars, a battle of Jays. And I'm going to take the Jets in this one. I think the Jaguars are incredibly talented, but the Jets are absolutely loaded. Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, offensively, they stay healthy. So we're going to say the Jets pull the upset over the Jaguars in a very, very close game. I think it's going to be quite the battle royale. Next game I have in round one, we got the Bills taking on the Chargers in Orchard Park, the one New York stadium we have. It's going to be close. I think it's going to be absolutely incredible watching these two quarterbacks go head-to-head. But I'm going to give the slight nod to the Bills. The Chargers are still cursed. I think another year of can Justin Herbert get it done, quote-unquote, a little bit. So we're going to go one more year. I think the Bills, this is kind of just – they're going to have a little bit too much for the Chargers, and we know somebody's going to get hurt for the Chargers by this point. Somebody important's going to be hurt by this point. And then rounding out the round one for the AFC, I got the Bengals and the Ravens going head-to-head for a 3 P. 
we're going to say the Bengals take this one. I have them splitting the regular season. I think this health, healthy Bengals team is going to be close, razor thin. I'm going to say Joe Burrow, Joe Cool gets it done late. So round one, I had the Jets, the Bills, and the Bengals all advancing to round two of the AFC playoffs. So, Kelsey, I can see you had a few comments in there, so I'm going to let you jump in here because I know you had a few zingers to throw at it. Uh, one, I, I, I mean, I, I can't believe how dare you say the Chargers are going to get injured. Oh, my God, how how terrible. You're going to get injured. <laughs> I, I know, right? But, uh, no, I, I think that's – I mean, so you're looking at the five seed, the three seed, and the two seed advancing out of the wild card weekend. Uh, that, I mean, kind of makes sense. You, you, you can kind of expect that. I mean – sure the jets maybe i don't know i don't know I, I the jets are a tough one for me um mostly because of who they match up with in the jaguars in that first round i am a big jaguars stand right now i don't know why we'll talk about that a little bit later but i mean i do i do like where you're coming from so it looks like you so you'll have the chiefs facing off against the jets and bills Bengals in the second round absolutely is that that's a good way to segue us right into round two we'll start with the Bengals and the bills a rematch from last year's divisional round same stories, different chapter. I think the Bengals will get this one done in Orchard Park yet again. I think they both are going to do the exact same things. They're going to score a boatload of points and get some good, decent turnovers with some really good defense players, but not elite defense players. But I think the Bengals have a little bit more, and this is kind of this is their perfect window to win. It's to to go on a run right now before they have to pay everybody. The defense is still has some pretty good players. You did lose both safeties, but you still have a lot of good players. So I'm going to say the Bengals. Sleep. They're gonna they're gonna sneak this one. Out. It's gonna be a lot closer than last year's game where the Bills kind of got ramrodded. This is gonna look a little bit closer to Bills Chiefs a couple of years ago. That kind of shootout, assuming it's not an absolute snowstorm. I think it's gonna look a little bit more like that, or even like Bills Chiefs last year in the regular season. It's gonna be close. The Bills aren't gonna get ramrodded again this year like they did last year. I think Josh Allen being healthy is one thing that a lot of people kind of forget about, and I think that's gonna make a huge difference as well. And then the other one, the Jets against the Chiefs. Arrowhead Kingdom, I am sorry. The cheat the Arrowhead Invitational takes a break for one year. The Jets are weirdly built perfectly to match up with the Chiefs. Defensively, they're loaded across the board. DJ Reed, Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams. You got Mc, Will McDonald as well. Like they got an absolutely loaded defense. CJ Mosley. We've seen their defensive line is what, six deep, we'd say, arguably seven. Like guys that will get some decent rotation time, led by Big Q in the middle, Quinn and Williams. I think offensively is where it's going to be kind of interesting because Aaron Rodgers can be can be the weird combination of game manager as well as smart decision maker and can still make the big plays. Garrett Wilson's going to be, I think he's still electric. And the two running backs with Brees Hall, really they're 40, but running back, but Brees Hall and Alvin Cook, that's going to give them the ability to control the clock while being explosive in this type of matchup. And with the Chiefs too, it's hard to repeat as a Super Bowl champion. It really is hard. If anyone could do it, they probably can, but I think the Jets are weirdly built to give some issues. Robert Sala might put Sauce Gardner on Travis Kelsey, which will be one hell of a matchup. I would love to see that if they, if they got to this point. That would kind of like what Bill used to do with Aqib Tlaib and Darrell Revis on on other that sort of thing on other teams' tight ends. Or what the Broncos do with Aqib Tlaib on Gronkowski. Just wherever you can find your best matchup and make someone else beat you. So we're going to say the Jets pulled a surprising upset over the Chiefs, and that's going to lead us to a Jets versus Bengals AFC Championship game. So I'll let you go ahead and – Tell me how wrong I am on that one because I know that one's already catching some heat. I can already feel I can already feel the state of Missouri and Kansas saying, "Hold on now." So we're not going to have a Burrowhead rematch, um, unfortunately. A little, a little disappointed about that. I got I got I got I got to be honest. Um, I can't have it be Golden State and the Cavs again. We already dealt with that for five straight years. We're not bringing it to the NFL. You know what they say about parody? It does tend to run itself through mm-hmm. multiple different segues. Um, 
but hey, that's fine. All right, so so be it. Uh, the Jets again, the five seed advancing um, over the oof, over the Chiefs. I mean, I got to be honest. I, that's the. That, I, I don't know if we're gonna make it out of this this episode alive already. You're already throwing the Chiefs under the bus and against the uh, against the five seed. Uh, that's gonna be tough to follow up. I mean, I've put them in the Super Bowl like two of the four years that we've done this. So I mean, I, I digress. Like I've been pretty friendly to the Chiefs overall, and I think the thing with the Jets is they're gonna start kind of. Yeah, but I think as the season goes along, they get that time with Aaron. They get that time together. The offensive line gets healthy. Time to mesh. I think they're just going to ascend as well. So I think they're just a weirdly put together team that can give some of these teams like the Jaguars and the Jets or the Jaguars and the Chiefs some issues, especially having Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, two versatile running backs who can run the ball and receive the ball. I mean, Brees Hall, you could put a slot receiver if you want to just have fun. And then that then he's going to take the ball 25 miles an hour to the crib on a slant. So I think there's a lot of fun for them to be had there. That's going to lead to an AFC championship game of the Bengals taking on the Jets in Cincinnati. Unfortunately, the Jets are going to take a, they're going to land right here. This, I think the Bengals are going to be able to take care of business against the Jets. I do think offensively, if sauce Gardner is able to lock up Jamar chase, let's just say sauce. It takes on the ultimate challenge and wins that one. DJ Reed does not stop. DJ Reed's not stopping T Higgins. Tyler Boyd's they don't have a slot corner. that's going to be able to take care of Tyler Boyd. Charlie Jones, if he's on there for some reason, they don't have much to match up with him. I don't think the Bengals' run game is going to be that great, but I think they'll be able to handle Quinn and Williams in that pass rush just enough. And defensively, I think they're well enough equipped to make that make it a little bit difficult for the Jets. So I'm going to say the Bengals over the Jets in the AFC Championship game. So for the out of the AFC, I think the Cincinnati Bengals return to the Super Bowl after just missing it last year in a heartbreaking loss to the Chiefs. And we're going to see Cincinnati come out of the AFC. Okay, all right. So the Bengals returning to Super Bowl two years after losing. Okay. And and honestly, one very, very unfortunate late hit from Joseph Asai for maybe have gone going last year as well, too. Like they were that game was tied up until like eight seconds left. So they it's definitely not a they're coming out of the woodworks. I mean, they almost went back to back Super Bowls last year as well. That would have them and the Eagles would have been something. So I think this year is when the Bengals get they get back over the hump and get a chance back in there with the Chiefs getting out of the way. All right, fair enough. You know, I I I don't really hate what you you know you, you picked. I can see a a realm in which we have a Bengals Jets AFC Championship game and the Bengals make it out. I can see a realm where the Jets could make it out too. You mentioned obviously Sauce Gardner if he locks up Jamar. You don't think they lock it? They can lock up T Higgins. But I also raise an alternative that maybe an injury comes into play in this one and the Jets can sneak their way in. Or alternatively, what do the Bengals have to stop the Jets' weapons? That's a big question as well. Um, but no, I, I can. You're picking a little safer than normal. This is, this is what's throwing me off. This, is, this seems a little safer of a pick than normal. I mean, we still have the NFC to do. Okay, all right, touche. That's I, mean, I did pick. I did pick the one new team to the playoffs to get all the way to the AFC Championship game and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. It's the AFC Championship game has been nicknamed the Arrowhead Invitational. So I don't know about safe. Maybe because I picked the Bengals and didn't pull like the Chargers or the seventh seed out of there. That's why you think it was safe. But I think this is the year the Bengals can. Get back to the Super Bowl. It is their golden window right now, and I think they take advantage of it on the AFC side before they have to start losing more pay players, paying more players. Obviously, losing Jesse Bates sucks. He's a really good player, but it's not as crippling as if when they have to lose either a T. Higgins or a Jamar Chase or something like that. The the more of the backbone of their of their team, or like Trey Hendrickson, guys like that that have been more of the solidifying piece. So I think the, the Bengals break through out of the AFC and. The Jets and then the Chiefs, that's going to be one hell of a matchup, though. I think that if they, I hope we get that matchup in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. 
Sauce Gardner, Travis Kelsey, Garrett Wilson, Sneed. Like, that's a lot of firepower on both Quinn and Williams against that Chiefs offensive line, too. I hope we get that matchup one way or the other. I don't care when, where, why, where, or how. I just want to see those two teams go to head to head in the playoffs, not week five. Week five's when they do plays a little bit too early, week six, whatever it is. I want to see it in the playoffs. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Oh, well, that's look, I'm not, I don't really want to pick yours apart because. Because I don't want you to pick mine apart as much. So I'm trying to play nice right now, so so there won't be as much judgment on my uh, on my picks. They'll be like, "Oh, that first guy, man, his picks suck." Whereas they'll just ignore my picks. This is what I'm. So well, now curious. Now you kind of got me curious. We already talked about my picks. Let's go ahead and go ahead and give us your standings one through seven, and then tell us how it plays out. Uh, all right. Well, so we all remember my AFC West controversy. If you don't, go back and check out that episode. But that leads me to my number one overall seed being the Chargers because they win that division. The number two seed Jacksonville Jaguars had a fan, or will have a fantastic season. They'll take the two seed. The Buffalo Bills, for all the same reasons DJ has the Bills in, in his top four, duh. It's just, it just makes sense at this point in time. Um, number four, though, I have the Ravens taking the North, and that's why they're at the four seed. I mean, really, it comes down to just who took the North, and it's by tiebreaker. They beat the Bengals and take that North. But what that sets up for is a, some very interesting wildcard seedings here. You have the Chiefs as a five seed because we all know Patrick loves to go on the road and destroy people's hopes and dreams in the playoffs. Not. He's, I don't think he's, what, he's played three, three road games in his entire playoff career. And all of them are Super Bowls, I believe. Yeah. So uh, this will be a first-time experience for him. Um, six seed, the Jets. We talked about the Jets making it for the first time. Uh, I mean, yeah. The, the, I, I think it's safe to say right now the Jets are a contender. The only option, I think, is if the Dolphins take that two seed in that division, which given everything in that division, I don't think that happens. Um, and then the sixth seed, right? Or the seventh seed right now, are the Bengals. Uh, I just think this is just a nature of the beast. You're playing in one of the toughest divisions. You're going to beat each other up in that division. And unfortunately the Ravens beat you on a tiebreaker. You take the seventh seed. It's just, it's just where it shakes out at the end of the day. Although I don't think Joe Burrow minds too much. Uh, he is actually somebody who loves and goes, loves going and breaking people's hearts. And I think he like, encourages it um but so that'll set us up with some really interesting matchups the four five matchup here with the ravens chiefs i have the chiefs winning um gonna gonna go to baltimore gonna play lamar it's gonna be one of those situations where we we see the chiefs just make enough stops defensively to let that offense just keep doing what it does you know there, there are weapons all over that offense and you expect them to all be healthy right then and there um i do think the chiefs can pull out one in baltimore with no problem. So I do have the chiefs in the first, in, in the wild card round beating the Ravens. So that five, four matchup, the chiefs will advance. Uh, now that does take us to the six, three matchup of the jets versus bills. Well, surprising, maybe nobody, the jets are the team I have getting out of here. Now the bills do beat them twice in the regular season. And we all talk about my, our philosophy on beating a team the third time. It is almost impossible. It's one of the most difficult things to do in all of sports. And you see that come into play for the bills. They cannot stop the Jets. They do not beat them the third, third time, for the third time this season, and the Jets will advance in this one. So I have a five match, a five seed match moving up. I have a six seed moving up. Can I make it all three wild card teams moving up with the Bengals taking on the Jaguars? And that's a no. <laughs> I love Joe Burrow. I love T. Higgins. I love Jamar Chase. I love that entire team. Uh, but losing Jesse Bates against this high flying wide receiving core. In Jacksonville is a tough break. I do think by the time this this playoff matchup rolls around, we'll see an actual role established for Tanks Big, Tank Bigsby and Travis Etienne, and it's a two-headed monster out of that backfield. 
And that's something that Trevor Lawrence has never had to had a chance to experience is two running backs that are capable, let alone one running back that is capable. Take a little bit of pressure off him in the playoffs. Let him let let that let that team get going with some some run plays, and then all of a sudden Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I think there's a lot to there's a lot to, lot to work out there, uh, and I do think when it comes down defensively, they do have the capability to at least slow down Burrow and Crew a little bit more than the than the Bengals have to slow down Calvin Ridley and Christian Kirk, um, because I don't think there's a whole lot really working for the Bengals right now. I think they're just too young. I think give them another year defensively. I think this is a completely different story. Um, but so that'll give me the Jaguars advancing. So going into the second round, I have the, the chargers obviously with a bye week. Uh, they'll take on the jets as the sixth seed, the Jaguars getting past the Bengals and they'll take on the chiefs at home in Jacksonville. And so we'll just go and start there. We have the exact same seven teams, but completely diff- different results from top to bottom. Basically, the only thing we have in common is the Jets getting out of round one and pulling an upset. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of one of those, it's like an upset, but it's like you can see them winning. You can see them honestly being the three seed that you know at some point in time in this. So it's like it's no, I don't know. To me, it's not really a surprise. Exactly. But I don't know. What is? I mean, what's your thought? What's your thoughts? I guess to this point. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> But in all seriousness, I think the Jaguars can be – I think they're going to fall somewhere between where you and I have them, honestly. Like, you have them as an absolute juggernaut right now, like an AFC true contender. I have them as a clear, blatant playoff team that could be scary. I think they're going to fall somewhere in the middle probably of where we have them most likely. Because everyone – a lot of people – they're not going to miss the playoffs because they have six easy wins they're guaranteed in. I do have some concerns here or there, but they could very – they could beat the Bengals very easily because of how they match up too. That's a bit – I think the AFC is a weird matchups game as well. I think Jaguars weirdly do a good against them. But, for example, I had the Jaguars and the Jets as an unfavorable matchup for the Jaguars. And then it's a weird it's a weird chess piece with these sets. So just depending on how we have them seated can also make a lot – have things play out. And I'm curious now because you have the Chiefs and the Ravens. That's arguably the – in that first round, that's the worst matchup the Chiefs probably wanted in round one and are definitely the worst one the Ravens wanted because they always play each other tough. So she's going to have to go on the road again to face a somewhat familiar foe. Somewhat familiar foe, not not too familiar, but I'll, I'll let you go and get us through the rest of the rest of the one. Yeah, it's going to be a revenge game for the Jaguars right here, and uh, we'll start right there. The Jaguars, Chiefs, two versus five. Jaguars looking for some revenge against the Chiefs. They should have beat them last year in the playoffs. They know they should have. They know they should have figured out some way to beat them. Um, and yeah, you see, finally the 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 kind of the glow up of Trevor Lawrence, if you will, the prince that has promised is finally showing up. Uh, him and his Knights crew, if you will. I'm going to say his number one night being Calvin Ridley. Um, I've talked about it all preseason long. That dude is ready to come play. He took a year off because he bet on himself to win, literally bet on himself to win, and he won and then got suspended for a year. Like, tough break, kid. Uh, but you know what? Now you know the rules. Now he's gonna, he's not going to be getting suspended anytime soon. Uh, everything coming out of camp, everything I've seen in preseason, he looks fantastic. So him and Trevor Lawrence have a fantastic repertoire so far. On the flip side, you have the Chiefs and Travis Kelsey. I don't think I need to say more. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I don't know if there's a better duo in the game. But there is enough that the Jaguars can do to match up with the Chiefs, in my opinion, both ways. It's all about who gets the ball last, and I think this is going to be a case where Trevor Lawrence gets the ball last. And that run game comes into play. I talked about it in the first round. You get a little bit of... Tank Bigsby, you get a little bit of Travis Etienne and a whole lot of success for the Jaguars. Um, Mixing that passing game on top of that, I think the Jaguars have a chance to pull this one out. 
similar to I'm not going to say that the, the obviously they didn't match up against the Chiefs in the second round here, but kind of how the Bengals were two years ago when they made the playoff run, made the Super Bowl run. It's almost naivety getting them to this point. It's a lot of young players that are just playing out of their minds and they're just happy to be here and they're just going to keep winning. And that's what I see here with the Jaguars beating the Chiefs in the second round and advancing to the AFC championship game. My so, only question off of that is, do you think any, let's just say they don't play the Jaguars. Do you think anyone else in the AFC beats the Chiefs in your eyes? Or do you think this is just the one bugaboo matchup home? This is just their boogeyman this year. I do think the Jets, if the Jets match up with the Chiefs, I think that's a tough game for the Chiefs as well. Um, I don't think it's as tough of a game. I think just what the Jaguars can do in all three levels of the defense are what is what make the makes the difference here. And I do think the Jaguars' offensive line can hold the defensive line for the Chiefs a little bit better than anybody else. But the Jets probably a close second if everybody's healthy for the Jets. I think that's it's kind of how I feel about that one. I think the Jets is probably the if I had to like rank who the Chiefs are scared of, to me it's the Jaguars followed by the Jets followed by the Ravens. So basically the teams that they're used to playing are the teams that, oh, we're not worried about the quote-unquote juggernauts of the AFC. It's like, oh, no, they got them. But then the kind of surprise ones is it's like, oh, gotcha. Yeah, I just think everybody sleeps on the Jaguars this year. Uh, it feels like everybody's sleeping on their position groups. Talking about a top-10 offensive line last year. Talking about a top-10 defensive line last year as well. A team that was top-10 in takeaways again last year. A team that led the Chiefs in the playoffs at one point in time last year until they forgot how to play offense. Um I will say I agree with you 100%. Calvin Ridley is going to be in the running for offensive player of the year this year. I think he's going to be dynamic in that offense. So I, I agree with you. He's going to be absolutely dynamic. My question is, can Zay Jones and Christian Kirk kind of fill that role? I know Christian Kirk can out of the slot. I'm curious what Zay Jones will do as that number two receiver, how well he can kind of fit into that mold. He did pretty well last year, but last year was kind of literally death by everybody. There was no real number one established guy, so I'm curious how it works. And your boy Evan Ingram, too. I'm curious yeah, I think how Ingram's going to give you give you just enough. I don't think he's going to be too great, but I don't think he's going to be too bad. I also look at Zay Jones as more of a three, uh, number three option. I do think he's going to be crucial in the red zone and in like short yardage, try to get a first down type of situations, get to the six turnaround type of a th- situation. But yeah, I do get your point. I mean, it's it is a question of who can step up on this offense. Um, to me, I do have them running on all cylinders though, so that's why I haven't beaten the Chiefs. But that'll take us to the one versus six matchup: Chargers versus Jets. Uh, as I said, the Chargers are the one seed. First time in a long time the Chargers have been a one seed. And the Jets surprised everybody getting here. Probably a year ahead of schedule, if we're being completely honest. Yeah, I know if you ask the Jets, they're like, no, we should have been here. Uh, let's pause. You were three years removed from one of the worst teams I've ever seen play football. Um, so here you have the Chargers coming in play. I do have them fully healthy for the first time in their lifetime that they are fully healthy going into this Jets team. And Similar to what you talked about with the Bengals for your side with the Jets. Yes, Sauce is going to shut somebody down. That's an absolute guarantee. But can the rest of the team shut down Mike Williams? Can they shut down Quentin Johnson? Can they shut down Austin Eckler out of the backfield? I don't think there's a single team on this, single player on the Jets team other than Sauce himself that could match up one-on-one versus with Austin Eckler. And even that, I do think Eckler has the ability with option routes to beat anybody. So uh, I look at the Chargers here as a clear favorite in this matchup with the Jets, and I don't think it's fair. I mean, this is one of those matchups you talk about as a matchup nightmare. It's a matchup game in the in the AFC. This is one that the Jets did not want to face, the Chargers at all. Uh, just what they're able to do, and their strong side defensively is the weak side for the Jets. When you look at that right side of the offensive line, that's probably the weakest side for the Jets, and that just so happens to be where Bosa comes off the corner more often than not. So 
yeah, it's a tough matchup here for the Chargers or for the Jets. And I just look at the the Chargers as a clear favorite to, to advance in this one. So I'm going to go no surprise for my 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 you know top seven here in the AFC. I'm going one versus two in the AFC Championship game: Chargers versus the Jaguars. Just maybe not the teams you'd expect at one and two. My only question relating to the Chargers Jets game is: Do you think that the Chargers defense is going to be is going, their run defense is going to be fortified enough to stop that potential two-headed monster with the Jets? Do you think this is the year Brandon Staley finally gets that defense to stop the run? I think it do. I think this is the year that that we see it all put together. Um, I think top to bottom, this defense is ready to play. Finally, I think they're all healthy. That's a key. Obviously, there are questions in the linebacking core, but I do think they make a move midseason uh, just to kind of help sure up things. And with that, with I mean, it, it doesn't take much for the Chargers to get to that point, in my opinion. I think they're not far away from being a great team defensively, and it's it's really just down to can you just put somebody in the middle to just stand up to anybody? Take Literally, a, a sneak out of the infirmary room. Yeah, like anybody that can stay healthy and t- and and put up to a sneeze, I think you have a better chance with it if you're the Chargers. Um, so yeah, as, I mean, yes, I do think they can they can do just enough to withhold that against the Jets, but also I think on the backside of things, it's in their secondary. I think we finally see J.C. Jackson renewal, if you will, in his career. Fully healthy now too. Yeah, fully healthy, <laughs> coming back, he should be good to go. Um, I see him having kind of a renewal season. I think Derwin. Uh, which <laughs> finally going to see the Derwin we all expect uh, Asante Samuel Jr. being Asante Samuel Jr. And uh, yeah, I think, I think they, they forced enough mistakes for, for Aaron Rodgers and crew. All right. So we got South, we got South coast, Southwest Chargers versus Southeast Jaguars, a little coast to coast battle here. Who's going to the Super Bowl? Yeah. So matchups are a nightmare, right? Uh, we just talked about how they did against the Jets run game. Well, Unfortunately, the Chargers, as this Jaguars team, as I'm expecting them to be, has got a, their own run game, two-headed monster as well. But there's always that guy they forget about. Everybody who goes up against the Jaguars forgets about this one person running the ball. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence makes the difference in this AFC Championship game with his feet, not necessarily his arm. Uh, close to 80 yards in, in, in the ground is what I'm predicting. And he's going to lead them to a victory in the AFC Championship game into a, their first ever Super Bowl. Okay, so Jacksonville led by rushing Trevor Lawrence like he's playing to Ohio State in 2019 or something like that. It's going to get the job done. We're going to see Jacksonville that go from first overall pick to playoffs to Super Bowl. Real quick, fast, in a hurry. Yeah, you know, what can I say? It's a year of surprises. Honestly, I, I, when I was making this, it just kind of worked out. That's just how it worked out, that the matchups. It was never a planned situation where I'm going to throw the Jaguars in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Honestly, if you had asked me before, the, before I did this if I'm putting the Jaguars in the Super Bowl, I'd have laughed at you. I'd have found any other reason to do it. To, to not do it and then well here we are the the jaguars in the super bowl i will say if their trenches can hold up on both ends of the ball i could see this happening 1000 percent. my concerns were the trenches offensive line defensive line with some of the pieces they've lost etc but if they can fortify those and be pretty good no reason this can't happen especially if trevor lawrence does continue to ascend if he plateaus then well maybe not but all accounts are he's going to continue to be what he's been since he was 13 years old so I guess Jacksonville yeah. getting is definitely not a surprise, especially they can get a two seed and get a couple of home playoff games to start it off with, and then getting a Chargers team, which is you know, even when they get to the AFC Championship game as the number one seed, they're still cursed somehow. Somehow they will find a way to get cursed. So, you know, I like it. I, this is interesting. I, I'm a fan. We both got cats getting to the Super Bowl. By the, by yeah, the let me just. I already can guarantee that there's going to be some smoke coming my way from uh, some 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 viewers, or maybe people who just don't watch it and just look at the image and they're like, "Why the Jaguars?" 
Why are the number they are the number two seed? Why are the Chargers the one seed? Blah, blah, blah. You know what? You do this and you tell me how easy it is because it's not. I don't care what you say. When you actually like read it and break down the game, it's so weird how you can dive into these numbers and this and what's on paper versus what actually ends up playing on the field. I, I will say that year after year. And yet we still stay pretty accurate somehow. Somehow it's usually not too embarrassing sometimes. There are some bad ones, but there are some good ones in there too. But speaking of some that might be good or bad, we're going to go over to the NFC side of things now. And this is where I imagine I'm going to catch. You said mine was a little safer in the AFC. The NFC will probably be a little bit more wacky. So first off, going top to bottom, if you have been, if you remember our very first episode, coincidentally, I got the Seattle Seahawks as that number one seed with 13 wins, followed by the upstart surprise commanders at the two seed. The three seed, we got the New Orleans Saints. The four seed, we got the Bears via tiebreaker. It's the Saints taking the three seed. At the five, we got the most overpowered five seed of all time in the Philadelphia Eagles. At number six, we got the 49ers. And at number seven, we got the New York football Giants. So the Seahawks are going to get a bye, which means in round one, our matchups are going to be 49ers going to New Orleans, the Giants going to Washington, and then the Eagles going to, to Chicago. And we'll go ahead and start right there. Eagles against the Bears. Love the Bears, love what they can do, love the potential, love the players, love the building process. The Eagles are already there, though. They've already done all of that. They're on a mission. They're not going to – they're going to probably handle the Bears a 20-point loss, unfortunately. This is the most unfortunate – usually five versus fours are close matchups. This one, unfortunately, the Bears were – they kind of snuck in because they had the NFC North beating the crap out of each other, and they just came out on top. Where the Eagles are – they're a juggernaut still. They are low – just because I didn't have them winning the division, everyone thinks I hate them, but they are still absolutely loaded. The most overpowered five seed of all time. They'll run through the Bears probably pretty comfortably. Fields and them will still show promise. The trajectory will be 90 degrees up, but it's the, the Eagles will take that matchup in round one. We got the Commanders versus the Giants for the three-peat. I have them splitting in the regular season because much like the, the much like the NFC North, the NFC East is going to beat the crap out of each other, but that's because they're all that good. The, for the North, I have them all pretty mid, but they kind of balance out that way. The East, everybody in that division could win like two or three other divisions in the league. So I think they're going to beat each other up. So the Commanders are going to get the nod over to the Giants in round one. They're going to take the third matchup. I think a little bit too much firepower. Unless the Giants trade for Mike Evans, then all bets are off. But as of right now, I think those have a little bit of the edge offensively. And I think they can handle that Giants defense, which is going to be outstanding. But I think the Commanders have the right weapons, coaching, and personnel to get around it. Then the 49ers and the Saints. Yeah, kind of the same thing with the Eagles and the Bears. I think the 49ers are just that well-oiled machine. They're going to be able to get over on the Saints, too. I, I like the Saints. Derek Carr's a good fit for that team. Chris Olave is going to be in that offense player of the year category, I think, as well, too. I think he's going to make a strong run for that. Mike Thomas, if he gives you more than six quarters, I think is going to be outstanding. Defensively, they're still there. So, But I still the 49ers are still probably one of the best rosters top to bottom. So we have the 49ers beating the Saints the Commanders beating the Giants, and the Eagles beating the Bears. So two out of three road teams are going to get the dub in round one in the NFC. Interesting. I, I got to say, that's I, I, I'm not surprised with your Eagles pick by any means. You know, I know you have them at a five seed, but we joked about like, oh, no, don't tell Jared that you put them at a five. They're a tiebreaker for being the two seed. Like, they're literally at the same record yeah. as the two seed. Nah, so that one doesn't surprise me at all. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. No, no, I won't say any of it really surprises me. For any of your picks, it kind of makes sense. I don't know. It's mostly yeah. where they're where they're situated is where it's a little surprising because most people see Eagles and 49ers not one and two and immediately blow a gasket. But that doesn't mean yeah, they're I still mean, not outstanding. People that people underestimate that these teams don't need to be the one two seeds to be dynamic, which is what my point was during the picks. 
look, the 49ers are a weird team, right? Because, like, you have Brock Purdy at quarterback. We talked about this when we did our tiers for this team. It's like, yeah, they're good on paper, but the, you don't have a solid running or a solid quarterback. Like, you literally don't have a quarterback right now that's proven. He's showed flashes for six weeks, and then he tore his shoulder up. Like, or, well, elbow, I mean. But, so how good is that elbow really? We'll have to find out week one. We'll find out this week. But, like, yeah, the 49ers... It's going to take some – I feel like it's going to take them time this year. They're going to go through those woes of seeing – of everybody seeing a quarterback for the second time. That happens every time. And then he's going to figure it out, and he's going to go, oh, wait, no, I know what I'm doing now. Like, And and I, I think that's why the 49ers end up at the 60s. That's why it doesn't surprise me with your, your five and six matchups there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, so be it. And much like the Chargers, they got to be able to stay healthy throughout it too. George Kittle is already potentially going to miss week one. He's – Awesome as he is, the way he plays has made him injury prone. Christian McCaffrey is awesome, but injury prone. Debo Samuel has had some injuries as well, too. Brock Purdy, we mentioned. Trent Williams is awesome, but he's 50 and it can be prone to injuries as well. An offensive line depth isn't too elite for them. Most teams don't really have offensive line depth, to be fair. But there's a got Kyle Juszczyk. And if Kyle's use check is your one option, that's why you get a playoff win. If that is your primary health option, that's why I gave him a playoff win. Otherwise, he it might, might be QB2, to be honest, too, at this point in time. Oh, Sam Darnold would like that board. But he might be QB3. You're right there. <laughs> Either way, moving on now to round two. We will have, unfortunately, what I hate to do in these, but it sometimes just plays out that way. We got a couple of divisional head-to-heads. The Seahawks taking on the 49ers for the third time and the Eagles taking on the Commanders for the third time. Hate how that always hate how that plays out, but that's just the kind of the way it worked. Both of these teams I had splitting in the regular season, so it's not like anyone's going for the 2-0, can they do it three times? That being said... The Seahawks at home are going to get get it over on the 49ers. They have a little bit more firepower. Geno Smith, I think, is a little bit better than Brock Purdy. I think top to bottom, the Seahawks might be just as deep, if not a little bit deeper. They're not just not as top heavy as the 49ers. They don't. We did the top ten players in the in this matchup. 49ers probably have five or six of them, maybe even seven. But we did the top twenty. Then you're getting to like the 13, 14 of them are on the Seahawks. That is a very good young team, and that's a lot of weapons. So I'm going to say the Seahawks. They're going to be explosive offensively. They're going to be dynamic. They're going to get over on the 49ers. Eagles versus Commanders. My surprise, Commanders, they, they stops right here. The, that's still the Eagles. I mean, this is the third time they match up. That's a young quarterback, and that's a dynamic defense and an offense with something to prove who their offense will be grooving by this point. I think they'll have some ups and downs losing both coordinators, more so Shane Steichen than Jonathan Gannon, but point still stands. There'll be some grooves offensively to work through by this point. I think they'll be ironed out, so... The Eagles are going to take it over for the, over the Commanders, who my upstart Commanders, my surprise team. They're they unfortunately their fun will come to an end in the divisional round. So that's going to lead to a Seahawks and Eagles a bird fest here in the NFC Championship game. Okay, um, I, I, I gotta gotta start with the Seahawks and, and Niners matchup. You mentioned this is the third time playing. Is Seahawks win all three matchups, or do they split? Yeah, they split as well. Sorry, I thought I mentioned that part. But both the both of them in these matchups, they were splits. So like the Eagles okay. and the Commanders split, and the Seahawks and the Forty Nine ers split. There's no two O's. Can they do it a third time? We don't didn't put that evil on anybody. I think they're these teams are all too. I think they're all gonna be really good. So a bunch of splits, and this is where we see the older, more veteran Eagles to get take that split over the Commanders, and then the Seahawks. I think are just a better team overall. 49ers at the top are as good as anybody. But then when you start to get a little bit deeper down the rosters, and then if it's not like one or two players making the difference, that's when it's like, oh, two rookie tackles who were outstanding, and now they're at two years in. Oh, two really good running backs. Oh, would you look at that? Multiple good tight ends. Oh, 
three outstanding receivers too. Oh, defensively, would you look at that? The interception leader from last year and the top rated corner in this year's draft and Quandre Diggs and blitz boy coming back healthy, allegedly mm. Bobby Wagner. And if they could just, and they get a little bit of a pass rush, like there's just, there's a lot with Seattle that I kind of like, and I think they did a good job shoring up some of what they did last year. And they're not going to, I don't think they're going to be afraid of the 49ers too. Even I know, 49ers ran away with that playoff game last year, but it was close for a half. The Seahawks gave it to them for a half. They just they kind of ran out of they ran out of steam clearly, and the 49ers still had that second gear. This year, I think it's kind of flipped on its head where it's close, but the Seahawks will have that second gear to pull away. Okay. Uh spin off of that. Do you, does that mean you'll you think we see Geno playmaker Geno, or do you think he stays within himself and stays in that commanding the game type of role? So last year, the, th- the thing everyone's kind of looking at Gino is like those first handful of games, he was outstanding. Back half of the season, he was kind of average. I think he's going to split the difference in that throughout the majority of the season. He's not going to be like, oh, goodness, true MVP candidate, probably, like he was in those first 10 games or whatever it was. But he's not going to be like those last five or six games where he's just kind of basically Brock Purdy, more or less, where he's kind of, I think he's going to be somewhere in the middle or Jimmy Garoppolo or something like that. He's going to be above average like Derek Carr during those play- that playoff run a couple of years ago, if you will. Like where he's really good, he's leading the team. There's just nothing outstanding, but he's clearly leading, getting the ball to his weapons. Think of that Derek Carr, but with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jimbo, instead of just throwing to me every play. He'll have a little bit more, a di- little bit more dynamic weapons. So think of something like that, where yet like really, really good, but not that, not elite. He's still not writing back to anybody, but no one's writing to him. I guess if that makes sense. We're not going to put him in the same category as those AFC quarterbacks we talked about, but he's still in the NFC. He'll still be really, really good. He'll play just fine. That's fair. So then on the flip side of things, I'm assuming you have Sam Howell for the Commanders still still, still starting at this point in time? Oh, 100%. Like, he's already okay. named the guy. Like, we will not see Jacoby unless Sam Howell goes down. I think Sam Howell. I'm just making sure. He's going to be in the contention for some awards. Like, we'll talk I, about the I, awards coming up, but he'll be in contention for some. I know you love you some self, yourself some Jacoby, so I just had to make sure Jacoby season didn't come to play in, in, in Riverboat Ron's offense. Oh, God, no. Like, as much as I do like Jacoby yet. And I'm not even a big Sam Howell guy, but sometimes things just fit perfectly and all things come together. Like when we did our big board, I didn't have Sam Howell that high, but he has the right skill set with the right team and the right situation. It can just kind of mesh perfectly, whether it's for one season or multiple seasons. We'll we'll stay tuned for that next year. Well, let's see how this year goes before I start jumping ahead of myself. But Sam Howell's re- he'll be really good, but that's he'll he'll be the guy. He'll be the guy. That's fair. That's fair. All right, so let's hear it. NFC Championship game. You got the Seahawks. You got the Eagles. How does this shake out? It's going to be very competitive. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be nasty. I think they're going to smash the heck out of each other. I think this is going to have almost a legion of boom 2.0 with the Seahawks, and we already know what the Eagles can do. But I think the Seahawks are going to still have just enough to get it done. So I think the Seattle Seahawks are going to find their way back into the Super Bowl with the with the weapons they have. I think they're going to find a way to just get over on the Eagles. We're looking 23-26, something like that. It's going to be really, really close. Geno's going to have the ball last and get him into his position, basically, and they're going to score. That's what we're looking at. And maybe Kenneth Walker breaks a big run to get him in field goal range. Even Zach Charbonnet. They, it's going to be close, but I'm going to say the Seahawks just survive and they will find themselves heading back to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm hoping Jared is okay right now. Uh, does somebody want to? Oh, he's no, call? he's fine. He's, he'll yell at me. Does somebody somebody want to call and uh, make sure he's he's still breathing? Because um, yeah, that one's a. Uh, all right, fair enough. You know what? I'm okay with this because we'll we'll, we'll talk about it when I do my NFC rankings. Um, now, if I had the 49ers beating the Eagles, then he might be dropping in the comment section asking me to go jump off a cliff or something like that. But that's a different story. Yeah, probably. But no, I mean, I I, I do like to pick. I th- I do think there are some things with the Eagles that you look at offensively that 
maybe you can take advantage of if you're a defense that's, you know, look, there's a, a, a legion of, of veterans in the, on that defense. Pete Carroll is a fantastic defensive mind. Like, like I, we love to talk about Bill Belichick and all his things he loves to do. People sleep on Pete Carroll. People sleep on the mad genius that led USC to so many great years. And let's not forget, he's been to two Super Bowls before with the Seahawks. Should so, have won two. Yeah, should have won two. But unfortunately, his offensive coordinator and, well, mainly his quarterback decided to get a wild hair up their butt. But that's not here nor there because he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. He's got a quarterback that doesn't call back. Hmm. Or right back, but it is. Uh, yeah, it's. I get. I get. Get why you go on the Seahawks over the Eagles. I do think that would be a close matchup if they do match up with each other as well. But I, I can see that for sure happening. And it also, it's so hard to repeat as NFC champions, and then let alone as NFC champions, possibly Super. Bowl. I mean, you were the Super Bowl champions last year. Getting back to a Super Bowl is never easy. So exactly, you get all the way to the Super Bowl. It's hard to get back. That's why how close yeah. the Bengals got last year is incredible. And, I kind of have the Eagles doing almost the exact same thing, basically. Like, they are right there. They just come up an inch short, basically. So, rounding out for me, we'll get into our the actual what we'll, we'll think we'll have. But my Super Bowl is going to be the Bengals out of the AFC taking on the Seahawks out of the NFC. So, Kelsey, I'll let you go ahead and lead us the way through your NFC right up to the Super Bowl. All right. So, we're going to speed through this one. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. We're going to go straight into a Seahawks number one seed as well. The Eagles are my two seed, not my five seed. But they're my two seed. Just like you know, look, they won the they they won the NFC East. Uh, they they deserve they deserve the two seed at that point in time. Surprising everybody though, worst to first, uh, similar to uh, everybody else. I feel like mm-hmm. at this point in time, it seems like the, the the it once was the secret pick, and now it's no longer secret. The Bears are my three seed. The Saints though are my four seed. Lions coming in at the five seed, taking the tiebreaker over the Vikings who then slide into the sixth seed. So there are three teams from the NFC North. Say what you will, DJ. I don't think these teams are that bad. But the mid-office is, is – yeah, I was saying, the mid-off is 100% in, in effect in these playoffs for the NFC with the seven seed being wrapped up by the oh, – we'll just not say it. We'll just say the Cowboys. But Let's just go right into that one. Eagles-Cowboys for the third time. This one's already breaking your heart, I feel like. Yeah, Eagles Cowboys for the third time. The Eagles won. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off and say it. Trevon Diggs, as good as he is one way, is he, he's not the not good the other way. He either can shut down people and shut down their yardage, or he can shut them down and pick the ball off and give up a thousand yards. Like there is no in between on Trayvon Diggs. Maybe this season is the season we see it. It's still not enough. Stephon Gilmore is still sixty years old. Trying to guard is a number two. The receiving core is okay. I, again, I like Ceedee Lamb a lot. I do think he is a better receiver as a slot slash second option than he is a primary option, and I know that's blasphemous for a lot of people to hear. I just don't look at him as a true outside receiver. He is a he is a slot gadget receiver in a lot of ways, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. Just you, the best thing to do with him is get him the ball in the hand, get the ball in his hands, and watch him do his do his work. I mean, that's really the truth of the matter. Debo has made a number one career as the, out of that, so. It's a possibility. I just don't think it's enough when on the, on the flip side of things, you have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. You have two ones uh, going against Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs. Like, who is going to shut down who? Devontae's cooked Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs in, in the Bama practices year after year. Uh, A.J. Green or A.J. Brown is – he's a monster of a man. Nobody can really guard him one-on-one, truthfully. Like, you, you'd have to – Diggs has to go on one of them. And then Stephon Gilmore is probably going to get burned over the top, so you have to sacrifice the safety on that side at all times. 
you'd be relying too on too much on Micah Parsons to try to somehow shut down the wonderfully talented Jalen Hurts. I don't know how you do that. And then let's not forget this run game is a four-headed monster. There are four running backs on this team, not a single one of them named Jalen Hurts. <laughs> so like there are four running backs and then Jalen Hurts. Like this is not fair for anybody. And then Dallas Goddard is a matchup nightmare as well. Um, as much as I'd love to be like, oh no, the Cowboys from a seven seed win. No, no, I'm, I'm realistic. The Eagles will win this game, just like they won the NFC. They'll, they'll go. They'll be the first back-to-back NFC East champions this year. I'm accepting of that as well. Um, so yeah, Cowboys losing the first round to the Eagles, two seven matchup. There it is. Um, now that's going to take us to the six three matchup, the Vikings Bears. And yet again, guess what happens, ladies and gentlemen? Third matchup, and well. The Bears won both of the regular season matchups in this series. And I just talked about it in the previous matchup. Third time is not the charm for a lot. There is the charm for the losing team. They always manage to pull out the third victory. Vikings beat the Bears for the first time in the season. Get the advancement here as a six over the three. Although I will add a caveat in here. I do think they make a midseason trade. And it's for a guy out of Tampa Bay. I do think they end up with the Mike Evans sweepstakes to go alongside Jay Jettas. And I think Kirk Cousins feasts with that offense. So you're saying that Mike Evans, Jay Jettas, Jordan Addison, and KJ Osborne. Yes. Lord have mercy. Yes. And TJ Hawkinson. Who needs a running yeah. back? We're going five wide every play, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. Like Alexander Madison is an afterthought on this offense. Um, we get to see full Kirk Cousins arsenal. And that's what I'm, I'm looking to for the Vikings team. So yeah, Vikings as a six seed are one of the more powerful six seeds. So I do have them beating the Bears. I, look, Justin Fields got him got him to a three seed, beat all expect, expectations in two years, but they still have a ways to go. There's no doubt in my mind. So Vikings get the win over the Bears, get that advancement. So six over the three that gives me now to the Saints and Lions, the four versus five matchup. Love the Lions. Love head coach Dan Campbell. I think this is where you miss Jamal Williams. Because Jamal Williams is on the other sideline, scoring two touchdowns and getting 200 yards rushing. Hmm. Very, there's something about Jamal Williams when he plays teams that he used to face. He scores two touchdowns and gets 100 plus yards on the on the ground every time he has faced a former team. Two touchdowns, 100 plus yards on the ground. Fun fact about him. Didn't know that until I looked it up. So, yeah, Jamal Williams is a absolute dominator in this series. He's in this matchup versus the Lions. So give me give me the Saints on this one. Uh, over the five-seeded Lions. So despite getting three teams into the NFC North or into the uh, NFC playoffs, the NFC North advances with only one, and it's the Vikings of all of them. So it'll give me the Seahawks versus Vikings and the Eagles versus the Saints in the next round. I'll let you go and run through the rest of your NFC, and I'm just going to comment all at once. I'll let you get through the entire bracket. All right, cool. So that'll take us – we'll start with the Eagles-Saints here, and this is no surprise the Eagles will win this game. Uh, Eagles are still one of the most powerful teams in the league. Uh, that run game is no joke, and that passing game is deadly as well. Defense wins championships, and you see the Philadelphia Bulldogs, Philadelphia Eagle Dogs, whatever you want to call them, Hawkeyes. Like they're they're good, they're fast, and they know how to hit people. So, and more importantly, they'll know how to take the ball away. Um, and I do think that's a, a big advantage there. Cars makes a run at it with the Saints, but he just can't get 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 him past the Eagles, unfortunately. Uh, so Eagles advance here, two over four. And that'll take us into the Seahawks-Vikings. And I think the bye week is what gets the Seahawks here. I think that bye week, you know, snafu always comes into play occasionally. Or once a year, the, the you know, the one seed just doesn't – looks like they look they look flat. 
And after a great year for the Seahawks, great two years running for the Seahawks, I think they get to the playoffs here and it's just like, meh, we don't have enough. Vikings running hot right here. Just beat the Bears last week. Coming in, all cylinders. The Vikings take over, take it over the Seahawks, um, giving you a six over one matchup here. Uh, so that'll take us into the NFC Championship game with the Vikings taking on the Eagles here. Anything? No, I'll let you continue. Nothing? Okay. All right. So Vikings versus Eagles. And we just talked about how hard it is for the former reigning champions to make it back to the Super Bowl. So I don't think I need to go any further. The Vikings are the team that make it out of the NFC and, and win an NFC Championship game here with Kirky, two chains, mid of all mids, mid American dad. I, I don't know how many more different comments I can come up with here. Chains. Yeah, like I don't know how many I can do before I get before I get us canceled. So I'm gonna stop here. Uh, I just think like I, I think the Vikings are, are an interesting team, and while defense does win championships, I think the Vikings are are, are going to be the anomaly where they're just outscoring everybody. Um, they said, "Screw it, we're gonna embrace our bottom ten defense, and we're gonna do just enough." And then offensively, we're going to score every drive. Um, I think that's where you see the Vikings here, and uh, that's why they beat the Eagles. They're able to score every drive, but I do think they get a takeaway here from Jalen Hurts. He is a little loose with the ball sometimes when he's handling it, so I do, do think that comes into play here late in the game. Says an unfortunate turnover. Vikings take it. Um, so, yeah, Vikings will advance to face the Jaguars in the Super Bowl. My only question through all of this is, do you think the Vikings are one of the better teams in takeaways at least? Or do you think that it is literally 40 to 35 every single game? Or do you think they could be like the 9 Saints that were just weirdly good at get taking the ball away? I don't know if it'll be high takeaways. I think they will be timely takeaways. Um, I, 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 don't, I, I don't think they're going to lead the league in takeaways. I think they will be a top 12 takeaway team, but I don't think you're going to see like 40, in it, or 40 total turnovers on this season. I think you're going to be looking at maybe like 20, 25, but when they happen are the last four minutes either going into half or ending the game. So, you know, it's like there's those two crucial times where you either go into half on a high or you in the game, like you're looking to close it out and teams will be pressing against them thinking that they can take advantage of this bottom tier defense. And it's just going to be one or two guys. I think, I think the one that's going to get the one guy that'll step up here for sure is in my eyes is Lewis I think he's a guy that's going to step up and turn into a kind of a ball Hawk uh, this season. So I think I think he's going to take advantage of a lot of opportunities, and I do think that Mike Evans moves reinvigorates the older guys in this team. Um, so yeah, I do think the Vikings here, while defensively they're not going to be great, let's not, not get our kid ourselves. I do I do think takeaway wise, yeah, top fifteen, top twelve, potentially. My only other build off question is as how much did that quarterback series make you like Kirk Cousins now? Like how much did that change your perception of him now? It, it didn't. It's just so it goes back to what we were talking about or going into the season. Who has the most pressure on him, right? And the Vikings are, are a team that have the most pressure. Kirk has the most pressure on anybody. And, and pressure does one of two things. It either destroys something or it turns it into a diamond. Maybe I am taking this for the quarterback. I think I do remember him saying this now. But I do think this is the case diamonds. where he, Yeah, I do think I do think this is the, t- the time where he, he finally finds his way into a diamond area. He's He's, he's, he's had so many opportunities, and I think it just – first of all, it starts off and it matches up well with the Bears. I think that third-time matchup, that, that opportunity to take the Bears on, a team you know very well, that gets him off the snide. That gets him that playoff victory. Okay, now you go into the Seahawks who have a bye week. You're rolling. Well, let's just keep rolling. Like, let's just keep rolling. Mike Evans does this one of the best week-in and week-outs of just taking what is momentum from the last week and moving it forward. And now that he's on the Vikings, he can kind of – 
do that. That's what I look at in my like as, as I see the season progressing, him ending up in the Vikings. That's how I, I base this. And then I just think they roll over the Seahawks there. And I think at the end of the day that the Eagles matchup is going to be the hardest. This is going to be a three point matchup at the end of the day. But I, you go into Philadelphia and anything can happen when you play in Philadelphia. It, it literally anything will happen in Link in the Link. It just doesn't matter. Crazy things happen in that field and is not always pro Philadelphia. So. Uh, and that's that's all I have to say about that one. You you wanted to check on Jared after my predictions. You may have to check him after this one. This one might actually send him into an aneurysm, but that's not going to lead us to our Super Bowl prediction. So I'll go ahead and lead the worry in this one. I got the Bengals taking on the Seahawks. How I have this one playing out is I think it's going to be incredibly explosive. I think it's going to be a high flying action. I think it's going to look like the Bengals and the Rams did a couple years ago, but crank it up a few notches. I think we're going to see it go a lot of back and forth, maybe even like the Eagles and the Patriots with led by Nick Foles. I think we're going to see a lot of back and forth because the Seahawks defensive backs are good, but that's the best receiving court in football you're going against and a top two quarterback. The Bengals secondary is pretty good, but it's that's a that's a, another top five receiving core, arguably. And that's a full year of Jackson Smith and Jigba getting all the rookie-ness out of the way. Geno Smith not riding back. Tyler Lockett on the big stage. DK Metcalf eating candy on the big stage. It's going to be a lot of back and forth. That being said, though, I'm going to keep mine short and sweet. I think the Bengals, this is them finally getting over the hump. They have this small window where you have T, Jamar, and Joe Burrow all making not a lot of money. This is where they capitalize. They take advantage of it. You got you brought in Orlando Brown to help fortify that offensive line even more, hopefully. Still got Trey Hendrickson. Still got a lot of good defensive pieces. I think this is where they finally kind of break through. They get that Super Bowl. Will it turn them into a dynasty? Probably not. This kind of feels like their window, then they're going to have to take a step back for a couple of years to reload. But I think this is them breaking through on a much similar to the Rams from a couple of years ago, but a lot less dramatic because those Rams, it was one and done, and they're never going back again, as we can see. They had to win it then, or they're never coming back again. This is more of Bengals. This is your best chance to win it, and I think they're going to take advantage of it. So give me the Bengals over the Seahawks in the Super Bowl. And, of course, you know Joe Burrow is going to be – Super Bowl MVP because as great as I think Jamar Chase T. Higgins will be, Joe Burrow is going to be slicing and dicing all across the field. And there's something about when he comes in with an injury or the Bengals have like a preseason storyline that remember Jamar Chase can't catch the ball. Last year, Joe Burrow's appendectomy and missed all preseason. This year is calf and everything and the contract. They seem to do well, weirdly enough, in those situations. I mean, Jamar couldn't catch the ball and then he went on to be rookie of the year and, um, and go to the Super Bowl. So, we're going to say the Bengals capitalize on it. We're going to have the Bengals over the Seahawks with Joe Burrow as Super Bowl MVP. You mean the ball won't have stripes on it in the NFL? Oh, no. Jamar Sorry, can't play. He drops four of five. He's awful. What a waste of a pick. Should have taken Penny. So, oh, wait, there he is going for 200 on the Ravens. Oh, man. That was still one of the worst takes I've ever heard in my life. Um, anyways, yeah. No, I, I look, I, I think if you're, in your case of a matchup, the Bengals and Seahawks is one that it makes sense that the Bengals would pull this one out. There's just too much ability on the Bengals team, top to bottom. I think they're rolling at the right right time. And defensively, they, if you get a chance to shake out a whole lot of the cobwebs there, I think they, you know, getting them over the hump, hump there, um, it, it would be a team of, like the Seahawks that they'd have to do it against. That that you know they do have a lot of weapons, but there are some holes to be taken advantage of for the Seahawks. So um, yeah, I do like I, I do like that as well uh, that, that matchup, and and I, I do like the pick for the Bengals taking the Super Bowl, obviously. Absolutely. And just for a quick recap for those tuning in for my Super Bowl matchup, I have the Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Seattle Seahawks with the Bengals coming out on top and Joe Burr, Joe Burrow, adding a Super Bowl MVP trophy to his repertoire of trophies. So, Kelsey, your Super Bowl matchup is up. Can't say I expected this one from you. Go ahead and take it away. 
Ah, yeah. So my Super Bowl matchup, Jaguars versus the Vikings. It's an epic showdown from all of, well, I don't even know if you can even call it an epic showdown that anybody could ever imagine. Um, minds, Jaguars fans will be losing. I don't know if they make it into the. Oh, there we go. All right, we're back now. So, yeah, no, I, you got so many drunk people. I don't know who's going to make it in the stands, who's not going to make it in the stands. So you might have a 50% filled crowd because everybody's too drunk to make it into the stadium. Or there'll be too many brawls. I don't know. One or the other. There's going to be something happening in this one that's going to be wild. Uh, but I think you see Trevor Lawrence dominate this one on the field. I, uh, you know, I just talked about the Vikings being one of the worst defenses in the league. Well, Trevor Lawrence knows how to take advantage of bad defenses. Two-headed monster in the running game. I think the Jaguars take this one over the Vikings, despite all the power going, you know, all the all the momentum in the Jack and, and the Vikings. I just don't think there's there's enough to to stop the Jaguars. I think at the end of the day, the Jaguars' offense is 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 just too good, um, top to bottom, talent wise. And and again, I I think this is a situation where the Jaguars are kind of overperforming, um, and that's okay <laughs> because you know young naive players overperforming is a recipe for greatness. Uh, it's what the Chiefs. Won their first Super Bowl off of like it's with with Pat, not their first their first Super Bowl of Patty, um, off of him just being young, naive, and playing out of his mind. Like that's just it. So uh, like the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence knows how to win big games. He's a talented player. Um, I have the Jaguars beating the Vikings for this Super Bowl. So my only question to you is how does Kirko Kirko Chains play in this one? Does he still shine bright but just gets lost in a shootout, or does he kind of come apart a little bit under the big stage and turn the ball over a few times? I think the pass rush gets to him. I don't think he gets much of an opportunity to to, to really participate in the shootout. Um, it's very much a just let the ball go and see what happens. Um, and unfortunately, that's not going to work out too well at the end of the day for any quarterback. Um, but yeah, I think Josh Allen, I think Trayvon Walker, I think they get get to the quarterback pretty easily. I think Devin Lloyd gets involved in the pass rush as well. Um, Foyer, Aluokan, uh, whichever one decides to rush, those those are two four four guys, four five guys coming at you. So. Uh, I don't like either one of those options if I'm Kirk Cousins. So I don't think he really gets an opportunity to to, to enter gunslinger Kirk mode. Um, he just has to kind of just be like, I'm just surviving back here. Like, I, you know what? It's, it's, it, I mean, I'm down and it, it's open season on Kirk and I'm the only Kirk here. So uh, it, I'm just going to survive. That's probably his mentality. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a tough break for Kirk. Finally gets to Super Bowl and unfortunately he couldn't, he, he probably won't be able to keep himself upright long enough to enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, got the Jaguars on that. All right, so Kirk Cousins gets there, and unfortunately he gets under attack. You have the best receiving core in the league with your newly addition to Mike Evans, but unfortunately you don't even get to utilize them. So that's a that's a tough one. So go and give those who tuned in a quick recap of your Super Bowl and how you have it playing out. Yeah, so Super Bowl <laughs> recap here. Uh, we got the Jaguars taking on the Vikings. The Jaguars are my Super Bowl champions, and quarterback Trevor Lawrence takes the MVP uh, and yes, when I finally picked this, that was my reaction is the Kirk Cousin meme of, oh my God, he's here. Yeah, that was absolutely the case. More, oh, oh my God, they're both here in, in a lot of cases. Um, but yeah, no, so I have the Jaguars over the Vikings with Trevor Lawrence taking home that pretty little Super Bowl MVP trophy. Absolutely. And any of those who have tuned in before, you have tuned in the previous episodes, you know, we've been doing a fan prediction. We have a fan vote for each of the divisions as well. So we've had others participate. Well, for the last episode of this, we kind of wanted that fun, so we got two of them this year. We brought in two fan, fan votes for the Super Bowl episode, so 
We'll start with the first one. Our first fan vote, we had the Bills taking on the 16-1 and Eagles by how they had him going, with the Bills coming out on top and Josh Allen getting Super Bowl MVP, so the Bills finally breaking through there. And then for our next fan vote, we have the Jaguars taking on the 49ers with the 49ers coming through, but they have Sam Darnold as the Super Bowl MVP over Brock Purdy. So I guess whoever we sent this one into us, they think that the 49ers trajectory of injuring quarterbacks continues, but Sam Darnold still gets it done. Um, first of all, vote number one, fan vote number one, that is the safest option I have ever seen for a Super Bowl this year. And I respect that. I, I do think that as a safety option, I do think that is the safest. That would have been my pick if I'm just going based off of pure safetyness. I'm going Bills Eagles, which it makes a lot of sense that both teams make it there. It's no doubt in my mind. It's not a bad thing that I'm saying it this way. I just think that for in, in and of itself is a very safe matchup and and something that I could easily see happening. Um, yes. As the person who picks the lowest hanging fruit nine times out of ten, mm-hmm. um, I think that is a, that is absolutely a possibility. On the flip side, Jaguars Niners. Um, what <laughs> uh, can I can I get a whole what like this? This is there's no way, right? That's that's not actually happening. I mean, then again, I do have the Jaguars. I don't know what I would what I'm talking about. So, so I asked the fan vote that when this was sent in, are you sure, Sam Donald? They said they think Brock Purdy is going to get hurt. Just the way that things go, Sam Donald's going to come in and they're not going to miss a beat. And come the Super Bowl time, it's going to be one of those situations where it's a full team thing. The quarterback just gets the MVP when it's a full team. Like George Kittle's not going to go for a buck ninety. CMC's not going to go for two hundred. No one's going to have a breakout performance so it's going to go to the quarterback in that kind of regard and i you know what that would be ju- that'd be the most fitting thing for the 49ers you trade all your draft picks for this guy he ends you end up having to get rid of him the guy you traded for in jimmy garoppolo you let go then you bring in brock purdy thinks your guy and then sam darnold if, all, if california sam darnold's a real thing i can see this happening because usc sam darnold was pretty good it was after that that it got a little bit rough so. i mean it's in nevada this year so i guess adjacent super adjacent california sam darnold Maybe, maybe, maybe gambler Sam Darnold is the best Sam Darnold of all of them. Very interesting. So, you know, that that's the out of all these ones, that one might be the wackiest for me. And not even just the teams, just that one little nugget of it as well, too. But for anyone who's tuning in, go ahead and drop in the comments below. Whose Super Bowl do you t- prediction do you think is the best, the worst, and which one just has you wanting to just scratch your head and not put any money on it whatsoever? But we're not. We're not done yet, guys. It, I know that this is a longer episode, but we also got award season coming up as well, too. We got the NFL awards. We're going to try and cruise through this one pretty quickly. I'll go ahead and go first. I'll just go all of mine bottom and top. We got coach of the year, defensive and offensive rookie of the year, offensive and defensive player of the year, and MVP. So I'll go ahead and get cruising through mine. We'll run through it. Kelsey will tell me which ones are dumb, and then we'll go through Kelsey. So coach of the year, I got Matt Eberflus with the Bears. I think it's going to be a close one between like Pete Carroll and some of these other teams that have high records. But him him going from the worst team in the league to a playoff team, similar to what we've seen a couple of years ago as well. We even could have been, excuse me, Doug Peterson last year had a strong case for it. We've seen it a few times, or even if it's a 9-8 and eight record, you took the worst team in the league to the playoffs pretty quickly. Yeah, so I think he'll get coach of the year for that. Defensive rookie of the year, we're going to the Eagles, but not Jalen Carter. I'm going to give the nod to Nolan Smith. I think he's going to get a lot of, if anyone who remembers Alden Smith with the 49ers back in the day, wasn't a starter, but came in in pass rush situations and finished with like 15 sacks as a rookie or something ridiculous like that. We're going to see a lot of Nolan Smith there as well. Jalen Carter will be awesome, but Nolan Smith's going to be a sack machine that everyone overlooks yet again. Offensive rookie of the year, speaking of lowest hanging fruit, we're taking B. John Robinson. Starting running back now, one of the better run-blocking offensive lines. Arthur Smith scared to throw the ball to his elite tight end and his awesome receiver. 
I think they're just going to feed Bijan. Look for a thousand plus rushing and five hundred plus receiving easily. Defensive player of the year, we're going to the upstart New York Jets, but not Sauce Gardner. We're going to take Quentin Williams, the big man in the middle. The way the Jets are going to be able to score a lot of points and control the clock with Aaron Rodgers and those running backs, they're going to put offenses in uncomfortable spots where they have to pass the ball a lot. Sauce and DJ Reed are going to put receivers in hell, which means Quentin Williams is going to eat offensive linemen, and he's going to finish with 15-plus sacks. He's going to look a lot like maybe even Chris Jones did last year. I just don't think there's going to be a Nick Bosa or someone that on the edge that prize it away from. So give me Quentin Williams to be an absolute monster. Offensive player of the year, this is going to be the fun one for me. So last year it was Justin Jefferson, new offensive-minded offensive-minded coach to kind of unleash him, if you will. The year before that it was Cooper Cup, a, a really good receiver who they kind of made him the number one guy and brought him in a gunslinging quarterback to give him options more or less, kind of a chance to unlock him even more. The year before that it was Derrick Henry who – more or less, it was kind of the same Derrick Henry, but an offense with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback and A.J. Brown receiver, a chance to unlock Derrick Henry a little bit after the Marcus Mariota experiment. This year, we're going with Terry McLaurin. We're going to take a big old flyer on this one. We're going to say Terry McLaurin finally gets a little bit of love. He's basically the new age DeAndre Hopkins, where we all know he's good, but we don't know how good he is because his quarterbacks have been Taylor Heineke and Carson Wentz and squad. I think this year with a new offensive coordinator, offensive mind, and Eric Bieniemy. A new quarterback in Sam Howell who will push the ball down the field to him, will extend to make plays. Look for Terry McLaurin to be absolutely electric this year. Double-digit touchdowns, 14, 1,500-plus yards. I think he'll be absolutely outstanding one of these top five receiving seasons if he is healthy, which by all means he looks ready to go. I expect him to explode out of the gate. MVP, I'm going with Josh Allen. Moderately low-hanging fruit, like middle-hanging fruit at this point. I think the Bills are going to have a top-rated offense because they're going to have to. Defensively, they'll get some takeaways, but they're not stopping people like they have before. Kincaid, Knox, Gabe Davis, Stephon Diggs, James Cook, and Damian Harris in an average offensive line. It's a, it's basically a recipe for Josh Allen. Do everything you did last year, but without the turnovers and without the elbow injury. And quit running into people as much, which is where Damian Harris comes in. So I think he's going to be outstanding. Probably lead the league in total yards, possibly, and maybe even total touchdowns, rushing and passing. like he, So give me Josh Allen for MVP in an absolutely electric offense that they need to be because the defense isn't quite the same. Okay. I have nothing to add to that. No comments on any of that. I I think it's a pretty solid list. Truthfully, right, well, I'll just quickly recap it. Coach of the year, Matt Eberflus. Defensive rookie of the year, Nolan Smith. Offensive rookie of the year, Bijan Robinson. Defensive player of the year, Quentin Williams. Offensive player of the year, Terry McLaurin. And MVP, Bills, Josh Allen. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I guess my only com- Okay, I do have a comment. I'm lying. Nolan <laughs> Smith is my only comment. And that's just, I am concerned just a little bit that they Nicobe Dean him. That's very possible, but the way they rotate defensive linemen so much, I do think he's going to actually get enough burn to make some action to get on the field and make some noise to where they can't deny him anymore. I think, obviously, Hassan Reddick is going to be on one side. I think him and Josh Sweat are going to – it's going to be a lot of back and forth, but I think those third down and medium situations, third down and seven plus, they're going to go with a, the quote-unquote NASCAR package, and that's where Nolan Smith is going to thrive using that 4-3-40 around the edge. Very similar to what Alden Smith did. He's not going to start. He's not going to play quite as many snaps as a lot of these other guys. But my Lord, is his the production per snap basis with him is going to be off the charts just because of how much talent he has around him and the ability for him to literally just be the bet Nolan Smith to AT. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be way too easy for him to start with because teams are not going to be willing to slide away from Hassan Reddick. They're not going to be willing to do that. Nolan Smith might end up being blocked by running backs on a lot of plays. And, well, we know how that's going to go. Yeah, that's, that'll be fun. Fun to watch, uh, unless you're not an Eagles fan, a.k.a. me. 
Fair point. But anyway, we'll have you go and go through your awards. And we do have fan votes for the awards too that we'll sprint through as well. But Kelsey, I'll let you go and go through your award season too. Yeah. So coach of the year, Iberflus was a cut was one of my top picks, but he's not the guy who takes it for me. It is actually going to be Pete Carroll. Um, like you mentioned, Pete Carroll with what he does with the Seahawks. We both have him at the one seed. It's a fantastic turnaround. Give him give him all the credit for that. Defensive rookie of the year. I am also going with an eagle here, but it is Jalen Carter. It's the obvious low-hanging fruit. As a guy who normally picks the low-hanging fruit. Surprise, surprise that I picked Jalen Carter. Uh, he's just wait, it's set up for him to be successful. I mean, he literally plugs into a defensive line with a variety of weapons. There are seven other guys that people have to worry about. And then it's like, oh, by the way, Jalen Carter. Good <laughs> luck. So uh yeah. Offensive rookie of the year. This one's probably gonna surprise some folks, but I've talked about him and I've been positive on him all season, all offseason. That is Anthony Richardson. I think Anthony Richardson is gonna be the offensive rookie of the year. He may not have the wins, but he's going to have the numbers statistically. And I've said this, I said this in the last time when I talked about the Colts prediction. I think he goes over 700 rushing yards, which also means dude's going to score some touchdowns. So JT, I don't care if he suits up. I think Anthony Richardson's going to have a fantastic year um, on the ground and in the air. Defensive player of the year, I am going Josh Allen, uh, the defensive end for the Jaguars. I said the Jaguars are going to finish number two. They're a powerhouse. I think Josh Allen's going to look fantastic. He's probably going to be in the top three in sacks and I think in forced fumbles as well. One of the best strip sack guys coming around the corner. He talked about 4-3 speed for Nolan Smith. Oh, just 4-4 speed for Josh Allen and a lot more strength. He's had a few years to put on that NFL strength. Um, So terrifying guy coming around the corner who's just seemed to get better and better the last two years. Um, Offensive player of the year. I actually have Kenneth Walker the third. I think he's going to have a fantastic season for the Seahawks. He's going to look great. Zach Charbonnet, yes, he's a, a, a nice asset to the, in the backfield. But I really do think we're going to see Kenneth Walker in a resurgence of the Seahawks run games in the past. Think about every good Seahawks team you've ever imagined. What's the one thing they have in common? A high-quality running back that can run through the tackles. And I think Kenneth Walker fits the, fits the mold of Marshawn Lynch and fits the mold of Sean Alexander. Maybe not the thickness mold of either one of those guys especially not Sean Alexander, but he does fit the running back mold of those guys as well. Um, so yeah, Kenneth Walker, the third gets offensive player of the year for me. And then my MVP, I'm staying out West, but I'm going to the AFC going with the surprise guy, the guy that surprised for a number one seed in the AFC. That's Justin Herbert. Uh, I joking, jokingly said it. I do think he's going to approach 5,000 yards passing. I don't think he does. I don't think he breaks the record for passing in the season, but I think he comes a lot closer than people are expecting. Kellen Moore and him are going to have a great combination all season long. And again, this seems like I repeat this every single year with the Chargers. And eventually I'm just going to stop talking about it, but I don't know if that'll be now. If they stay healthy, there is no reason that Justin Herbert cannot take home an MVP trophy this year. Absolutely. Hell, if they stay healthy, he's, he's, I think he's cracking 5,000 comfortably. They cracked, he got 5,000 a couple of years ago. He might even get close to that Peyton Manning 5,500. He might be in that 52, 53 range if they could stay moderately health those weapons i think the very least he, he approached the touchdown record i think he gets within five of the touchdown record if everybody's healthy so you think he joins the 50 club like right at 50 maybe 51 something like that 50 51 i, I think it's is, is a safe bet um i don't think it's gonna be a walkaway mvp though let me just be very clear about that i do think him and burrow are gonna go neck and neck throughout the season um so i'm just being honest my one other question to you, looking at the list too. You mentioned Anthony Richardson. You think he's going to run wild too? My question is, 
for some of the things we're over under for his passing yards on the season, after he was named the starter, they headed at 2,700 for passing yards on the season. You think he goes over that, or do you think that's about right? I think he does. I think he goes Lamar 3,000. Um, I think he's I think he's a 3,000, 1,000 guy this year. Or, well, I don't think he's going to get 1,000. I think he's going to be 3,800. I think 3,000 in the air. I think 800 in the, on the ground is kind of what I'm looking at with with Anthony Richardson. I, he has the weapons. I don't see why he can't. As long as they catch the ball, that is, he can put it there. He can literally put it anywhere on the field. It, as soon as he walks in the dome, he's like, oh, 90 yards on a dime on the, on the outside. Okay, here you go. Obviously, there's things he'll have to watch. Like he just has to catch up to the speed of the game. But I think he's he's there. I think I think talent wise, he's there. My one concern is they have four receivers on the roster and five tight ends on the active fifty three. So that tells me they're going to be running QB sneaks from the fifty in. Which yeah. I guess that gets in that seven hundred yards because good luck everybody else. But that's going to be something to watch. Honestly, the rest of the years I feel I, I kind of like them as well too. I like the idea of Kenneth Walker getting the ball, staying healthy and. God, can you imagine DK and Tyler Lockett with single high safety looks all day because oh. K9 went for six yards of carry and then JSN in the slot? Good luck, everybody else. Yeah, I think I think to me, I think Jackson is Jackson Smith and Jigba is gonna have a bigger season than people expect. Oh. Um because of everything around him. I mean, you look at DK, you look at look at uh you know Tyler Lockett, you look at Kenneth Walker off uh, what he just did last year. I mean, wasn't even fully healthy all, all throughout the year, and he still had a great year for a rookie. Like, I mean, it was not bad by any means. And then, like you, you mentioned with Gino, like you're gonna see a kind of mix of the two, two with him. I think he's gonna make the right plays this year, and that's all you can ask for for Gino. And and the right play half the time is gonna be to Jackson Smith and Jigba. I think it wouldn't surprise me if he leads that team in receptions. To be completely oh, honest, 100%. like it, it may not be targets, it may not be yards after you know yards per reception, it may not be yards after catch. He may not have all the yards in the world or the touchdowns in the world, but he's going to probably have the most receptions, very similar to what they did with Doug Baldwin back in the day. 1,000% can't see that. So give us a quick recap of your regular season award winners. Yeah, so regular season award winners, uh, Coach of the Year, Pete Carroll, Defensive Rookie of the Year, Jalen Carter, and Offensive Rookie of the Year, Anthony Richardson. It's going to surprise some folks. Defensive Player of the Year, Josh Allen with the Jaguars, the defensive end. Offensive Player of the Year, Kenneth Walker the third, and my MVP is going to be Justin Herbert. I like it a lot. And as promised, too, we're not only doing fan votes for the predictions, we also got some from Wars, and we got a little double dip here, so we'll take a quick gander at that. Looking at the left, we got MVP Josh Allen, Defensive Player of the Year Aaron Donald, Offensive Player of the Year Jamar Chase, Offensive Rookie of the Year Jalen Hyatt with the, with the Giants getting some love, Interesting. Defensive Rookie of the Year Jalen Carter, and Coach of the Year Robert Sala. And this is the same fan vote that had Josh Allen winning Super Bowl MVP, so this one has Josh Allen doing his Patrick Mahomes impersonation today. And for fan vote number two, we got Kelsey's guy, Trevor Lawrence, as regular season MVP. Defensive player of the year, Micah Parsons. Offensive player of the year, Justin Fields. Offensive rookie of the year, Dalton Kincaid, having a big impact for the Bills. Defensive rookie of the year, Jalen Carter. And coach of the year, Doug Peterson with the Jaguars. So a lot of love for the Eagles and Jalen Carter. We all had Eagles for defensive rookie of the year. Three of four being Jalen Carter. I'm interested that fan vote two doesn't have anybody for the Niners up there. Despite going to and winning the Super Bowl, so it's almost like yeah, yeah. I mean, like road, yeah. Yeah, he. Did, I mean, they did say that that it is based off of a team victory. So, I mean, I guess if you look at it that way, I guess spreading the wealth too thin, you know, too much, and nobody really takes the bulk of the the the, the load. I like fan vote number one's picks the most. I mean, realistically, I, I do think I, I really like the Jalen Hyatt pick there for offensive rookie of the year. I think that's an underrated one. Um, Aaron Donald again just continues to be a nuisance. Also, hmm. I just like anybody who doesn't pick Micah Parsons sounds good to me. 
I want Mike Parsons to succeed this year. So if you pick him, hmm. he's not going to succeed. I will say I'm intrigued by offensive player that you're being Justin Fields since it's not last time as a quarterback was 2018 when Patrick Mahomes, when they let him double dip for offensive player of the year and MVP. But I think Fields is the type of player to do that with what he brings offensively, rushing and passing. I, How- and I think, I think Robert Saul is a pretty good one for coach of the year, especially if the Jets can somehow take that division. Here's my question. If Justin Fields gets offensive player of the year, despite putting it on the ground and in the air, how good of a season would Trevor Lawrence have to have to take MVP over him? Like, think about that. Like, if, if Justin Fields is as good as pro, a, 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 is good enough to win offensive player of the year, that means he's taking away uh, uh, some, some credit from a lot of guys in the MVP race. So how good my, is Trevor Lawrence going to have a, a year then? My guess is going to be they're going to have both similarly electric years. I didn't ask the fan vote about this, so I don't really know. I didn't get. Oh no, this is this is pure speculation. But like, I'm going to guess what happened is he'd have like a three thousand, one thousand season, kind of like Lamar did. But they're only going to win like nine or ten games or something like that. Whereas Trevor Lawrence, they probably have winning thirteen games similar to you and putting up four thousand forty touchdowns, something like that. So I could see it being something like that. I guess where okay. maybe. That, that'd be my guess, but I agree with you. Like, imagine the year Trevor Lawrence would have if Justin Fields gets offensive player of the year the way we think he will, because we know how dynamic he could be. That means Trevor Lawrence is going to be doing his Peyton Manning, Patrick Mahomes back there, which, you know what, not outlandish either. Calvin Ridley is that good, and he can make that big of a difference. And a year three Trevor Lawrence. Really, year I two, because you don't count year one. Hey, I've said Trevor Lawrence is a MVP candidate this year already, so I, I definitely understand why they have him as a selection. Absolutely. Well, that will do it for our preseason NFL predictions. In 24 hours, we will be past halftime of the NFL season, officially regular season officially being back with the Lions taking on the Chiefs. We appreciate y'all for joining us on this journey from start to finish. Let us know in the comments below what you think of the awards, what your Super Bowl predictions are, or anything else you just want to talk about, what we did right, what we did wrong, what is dumb. We look forward to have, being back next week for our first episode in season. We're going to have a lot to talk about there, I am very sure, after week one because – who doesn't like to overreact after week one just a little bit so definitely have a lot to talk about but that, that's fair as well too there's we'll see how the cowboys Giants i react every week i don't need week one as an excuse <laughs> we got 18 more of them to go at minimum maybe 21 if we include the super bowl but that's gonna do it for this week we appreciate y'all joining us we will see you all again next week